Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Evening, y'all. Please take a seat on the couch. Good evening, it's 
Monday, December 10th, 2012. I'm Vinny Bonmarini, and I welcome you to take a seat on the couch. If you love the blues, you need to support the Blues Foundation. If you are not yet a member, you need to go to www.blues.org and become a member today. Your sponsorship dollars help the Blues Foundation support the Heart Fund, which assists blues musicians and their families in financial need. The Sound Health Care Program, providing medical benefits and insurance programs to professionals in the blues community. The Blues in Schools Program, bringing the blues to schools around the country. And its offshoot, Generation Blues offering young men and women scholarships to accredited music camps to allow them to learn from some of the best. And the holding of the International Blues Challenge and the Blues Music Awards in Memphis, Tennessee. And now, the building of the Blues Hall of Fame at their headquarters here in Memphis at 421 South Main Street. It's time to help raise the roof. If you love the blues, help support this organization that is keeping the great art form alive. The Blues Foundation at www.blues.org. Let's all help raise the roof. And I just want to announce that uh, the year-end review shows are going to um, be preempted this year. Um, there's just not enough time for me to get them together. I lost the weekend. Um, we had a uh, death in the extended family, so I kind of lost this weekend. And uh, it's just not going to happen. I want to do it. If I'm going to do it, I want to do it right. Uh, at the top of the show, uh, we heard the song Delta Time, and I had to be careful when I turned my mic on it toward the end of the uh, song because I tend to find myself singing along to it. Uh, it's the title track of the new album by Hans Thiesink and uh, my first guest, Mr. Terry Evans. And evening, Terry, and thanks so much for taking time to sit on the couch. Uh, it's my pleasure. Uh, Terry, uh, you have a long career, and uh, many know the basics and whatnot. Uh, there's there's a lot of things that I had, a lot of questions I had when I just looked at your bio, so I'm going to get a chance to have some fun with this one this evening. Um, I know you were born and raised in the Delta of Mississippi, uh, specifically in Vicksburg, uh, and according to your bio, you sang in church as a child, uh, but really not much more. Secular music was forbidden in your home? <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, uh, when I was coming up, uh, my folks thought uh, – the the blues was uh, you know the devil's music and uh, so it was forbidden. Yeah. Now, uh, about what age were you when you know you started to uh, when you you first heard it and you you realized hey there's something else out there besides what I'm singing in church. Yeah. Well, you know you know as I as I as I uh, went through high school and stuff I started singing doo wop with uh, you know a few other uh, fellows on you know quartet uh, style and. Uh, and you know, at seventeen, eighteen years old, or whatever, and then, uh, uh, but actually, I didn't really get get started into the music until I moved from from Vicksburg, Mississippi, to Los Angeles, California. Yeah, uh, um, yeah, yeah. It, it always it talked about you slipping away to listen to the music of Elmore and uh, Little Walter. So it was in high school. I mean, it, it was uh, you were older. It wasn't when you were you know a young teenager when you finally realized. That there was more out there. No, well, I was sort of like, um, well, like you said, you know, in in mm-hmm. in in, in, in uh, uh, seventeen, eighteen years old when right. I, when I when I really was able to to go and 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 listen to different genres of music, you know. Sure, sure. And so, uh, so you know, it it's it's it was a. You know, it was my choice just to to you know not particularly get away from the from the church music because I still do um, gospel programs and stuff also. 
And, right. And so, sure. You know, but uh, but then you know I you know I ventured off into uh, rock and roll and then you know and then then the blues and stuff like that. You know, it's all interconnected. You know. Yeah. So, At some point, did you did you like have to th- well when you decided to move to L.A. Um, and get you know start to do some singing and that was your thought when you went out there. I mean, how did your parents react when you told them that you were going out to do these things? This thing. Well, at that point, they you know they they sort of like supported uh, where I was headed because you know they they knew that that's what I was going to do and so uh, you know they they they. They 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 got behind me. And they 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 were supportive of me, but they still wanted me to do gospel music. But mm-hmm. uh, don't but, leave the church, but, but you can do the other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Uh, so they 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 got behind me. And they was with me, and 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 that was a good thing. Yeah. Now before you got to the West Coast, I mean, you like you said you were doing doo-wop. Uh, that was with the Knights. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. was with, we 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 travel all over the. The state of Mississippi, you know, doing. Uh, we were singing along with a with with a, a group called the Red Tops. Ah, uh, okay. And they they were a big band kind of a kind of a, um, a situation at that time, and so they would they would invite us to come and sing on some of the programs, and they would back us up, you know. Mm-hmm. And and that was that was a very interesting thing, and uh, uh, one of the members of the red tops uh, he acted as manager for us uh at that time and so uh um, so they were always helpful in trying to get us little gigs uh, throughout mississippi you know yeah now and, uh were these all guys that you knew from high school no the red tops were were older much older, older than we were you know they were they they were they were you know well into the Thirties and forties, you know, and right, and, uh, and then we were just, uh, you know, teenagers uh, coming out of high school and stuff like that, and so they they sort of like uh, uh, helped us along, you know, and, and and showed us different 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 avenues and things, and uh, and what that was in support of us, and and, and that helped us along uh, also, and but like I said, you know, I really didn't get involved until I was in got to California and, you know, I started uh, writing in songs and and playing the guitar and stuff like that. And that's, sure. that's when it, that's when I really started getting into my own, my yeah. own situation, you know? No, nah, it's, it's interesting because you hear so many stories of the older musicians mentoring young musicians, especially in the blues. Um, and this is just another example of it. And it was, it's, it's just so interesting to me. You don't, Always see it in a lot of the un- other genres, but in the blues, it, it, it certainly happens. There's always a payback, um, you know. Uh, as as people get older, they pay it back to the young, and those and that kind of keeps moving. Um, I want to play another song from the from the album. The album is uh, Delta Time. Um, Shelter from the Storm is one of the songs uh, on the album that Hans wrote. Um, can you talk about recording this one? Well, it was. Uh... The, the recording itself, the whole album was very interesting because you know we we uh, we uh, we had some company. Uh, Ry Kuda came in, played with us, and, mm-hmm. and then I I had some of the uh, background uh, singers uh, that I've done a lot of work with to come in and do this, and you know, and, and do these 
this album with us. So it was very interesting. And uh, but uh, uh, Hunt himself is a very, very interesting artist, and he is a good writer, a good, good slide player, good guitar player, and he he has some really great ideas and stuff like that. And you know, I, I, and 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 it's always uh, uh, beautiful to work along with this guy because he's 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 a very interesting person. Yeah. So it was very. It, it was this, the whole session itself was really outstanding. Was very very enjoyable. Yeah, I, I saw. I was checking out a couple of the clips. Uh, there was a couple of promo videos, and it looked like you know you guys were, you know, enjoying yourselves in the studio. It was uh, it was a labor of love, if anything else. Uh, the album is uh, Delta Time, uh, Hans Thiessen and uh, Terry Evans, and this is Shelter from the Storm. Shelter from the storm 
cold raging winds bring you pain and misery. You're caught in a tempest, baby, like a ship out on the sea. When the light from the lighthouse no longer leads you on, let me be your harbor, baby. Give you shelter from the storm. Shelter from the storm. Shelter from Let me be your harbor, baby. Give you shelter from the storm. Shelter from the storm. Shelter from the storm. Let me be your harbor, baby. Give you shelter. The album is Delta Time. Uh, Hans Thiessen and Terry Evans, and we're here with Terry Evans this evening, uh, showing some love to those on the album. Terry is on vocals, guitar, and does backing vocals, as he did on that song. Hans is on guitar, uh, guitar, vocals, mandolin, banjo, harmonica, and foot stomping. Uh, Ry Cooter appears on guitar on two tracks, and also supplying the, the background vocals are Arnold McCuller and the great Willie Green Jr. Uh, the album was produced by Terry and Hans and recorded and mixed at Grandma's Warehouse in L.A. by Andrew Bush, and it's on uh, Blue Groove label. Um, just a fantastic, fantastic uh, album of music. Uh, you, you've mentioned, Terry, you, you headed out to L.A., and once there you started to uh, learn how to play guitar um, and uh, also started getting into songwriting. How does... How does someone, you know, in their 20s, you know, all of a sudden, uh, did you take lessons with guitar? Did you? Uh, no, no, no. Was... I just picked it up and, you know, just from being around other musicians, learn how to play three, three or four chords. And then, you know, and, and I started writing songs, uh, uh, just, you know, just just uh, using those three or four chords, you know, I started writing different songs. And so, you know, and then as, as the years grow, you know, you, 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 you you learn a few more chords and you extend it a little bit more and a little bit more. And so, you know, and so I've, I've, I've done fairly well. I don't really consider myself a guitar player, but, Mm -hmm. uh, I, I play well enough to, to, to support the songs and things that I'm writing, you know, and the songs you're writing are, you know, recorded by people like Pop Staples and uh, Louis Jordan. Uh, How did, how did, you know, your, your music get to them so that they were able to record it? Well, uh, with the the, the, the late great uh, Louis Jordan, uh, years ago I was associated with a gentleman called Maxwell Davis, who was the arranger for BB King, and he had he had uh, uh, produced the last uh, um, CD for 
for Louis Jordan called Hallelujah Louis back. Uh, that was the last CD that he recorded. And so uh, Maxwell asked me if I had any kind of material that Louis would, 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 would be interested in. So I sent him a, some songs, and he picked, he picked, he, he picked one, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hop, skip, and jump was the name of the song, and uh, he recorded it on his last, on his last album, Hallelujah, Louis Back. And mm-hmm. that's, but that's how I got, uh, I was able to get a song to Louis Jordan. Yeah. Who was working through Maxwell Davis. Ah, uh, okay, okay, great. Uh, during the sixties and seventies, uh, most most of the sixties and into the seventies, uh, you worked as a session man, uh, recording many artists. And uh, around that time, you met Ry Cooter. Uh, talk about uh, talk about what Terry Evans learned doing all those sessions uh, that made you where you are, that put you where you are today. Yeah, yeah, and I have to admit that Ry Cooter was very instrumental in where I am today, I mean, and uh, as as a result of working with him, I, I got offers to work with a lot of other different people. And then he was also a uh, producer of other people that he, and he used my, 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 uh, my talent on, uh, as background singer on other, on different projects and things that he had. Mm-hmm. And, and one of the pro- big projects that he had was, uh, Doing the soundtrack for the movie Crossroads, which was, which was the Robert Johnson story of Robert Johnson. Yep, yep, Ralph Macchio, the Karate Kid. Yeah, the Karate Kid. Yep. And I was able to work on on that soundtrack, and it did very well. And I think the movie was itself was a little was a little pre- a little early at that time. Uh, uh, blues was not prevalent in the market today as it is now. So, so, uh, but I was uh, I was fortunate to be uh, to be associated with Rye because uh, a lot a lot of things happened as a result of my association with him. Yeah, and I got a chance to work with a lot of different people. I, I've had a guest on this show, uh, Johnny Childs, a guitar player out of New York City. Uh, he's actually president of the New York Blues Society. Um, he called that one that movie, you know, one of the most influential things in his life to make him want to learn about the blues. Uh, yeah. He was, you know, a young kid, and uh, he saw the movie. Now, uh, Rye sang the title track uh, on the album, but you sang it in the movie, correct? Yeah. 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 Um, you know, was that just going into the studio and, uh, going into a recording studio? Did you, you know, had you seen any of the, uh, dailies or any of the film prior to you recording for that? Well, no, no, no. uh, Actually, uh, what we tried to do was, uh, I tried to get as near, uh, the sound of Robert Johnson as I possibly could. And we used some of the old recordings that Robert Robert had done, uh, and so this. But I had not seen the, you know, any footage on the on the movie or anything. So we just, I just tried to duplicate uh, uh, what Robert had done himself, you know. And, sure. And and Ryan myself was, uh, uh, you know, working together there, trying to come up with the uh, the Robert Johnson sound there. So. That we did it as best we could, at, you know, at that time. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, I certainly remember the movie, and I certainly, you know, remember enjoying it. I know that uh, a lot of critics might have panned it, but and and maybe again, as you said, it maybe it was 
before its time and it didn't have as much meaning as maybe it would have today. Yeah, uh, yeah, but yeah. Uh, um, so now you go into the early seventies and uh, that's when you met Bobby Bobby King. Bobby uh, King, yeah. Yeah, and you guys started touring together at clubs and festivals around the world. Um, you guys spent, uh, you know, quite a, quite a long time together. Uh, talk about that relationship. Well, yeah, the, the, I, I met Bobby uh, here in, in Los Angeles. Uh, he was working around uh, in little clubs, and uh, I was working around in little clubs, and so we just uh, sort of like, formulated a duet kind of a thing and you know we 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 did songs by by sam and dave uh you know cover songs by mm-hmm. by them and and artists like that wilson pickett and stuff like that and so we started working around and it kind of got kind of got good to us you know got a little popular and so we started touring you know around doing uh uh military installations uh Army bases around uh, in California, and then we would extend ourselves, go out on tour, up into Virginia and stuff like that, you know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but it was mostly working military uh, bases, uh, army bases, air force bases, and stuff like that, you know. Yeah. So, so, uh, and then we were, we were associated with Rod Cooter, both of us, Bobby King and myself, and. And we were we were fortunate enough to get a contract. We we recorded two CDs together, and Rod produced uh, Rod produced the first one for us, and uh, and then uh, all, this was on Rounder Records. Mm-hmm. And uh, the first album was called Live and Let Live, and Rod was the producer of that, and did pretty did pretty pretty good, and you know it, it got us going around a little bit, and uh, then uh, the company gave us an enough money to do a second C D so so Bobby and I did two CDs and uh but we had you know, we had a long long time relationship though. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I mean you, the two of you worked together on albums uh with Bob Dylan and John Fogarty and Boss Gags. plus as you said, all of those Rikuder albums that uh you both worked on o- over the years. Uh it was a nice uh nice partnership that you both had and you your voices are just perfect together so uh i'm sure that's why you got so much so much of that work uh now what at what point did you and hans hook up uh bobby king and i were working in winnipeg canada and uh, must have been mm, 20 years ago 15, 17 18 years ago whatever mm-hmm. and we were working in and hans was 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 uh was uh had a had a spot in this festival also so he's he's he he had always read about us and stuff like that, and so we got a chance to meet him in Winnipeg, Canada. Yeah. Oh. And he invited us to uh, to do some background work on his Call Me CD. Uh, so he came to L.A. and he hired us to come in and do some background work with us. That's that's how I I met him. Mm-hmm. And then. Uh, uh, you know, but to st- actually start working with him, he invited me to do some other work on some of his, some of his tours and stuff like that. And so, uh, you know, uh, we we've sort of like had a uh, twenty year uh, uh, association. You know. Sure, and you, you, this is just the second album that you've done together. Uh, you seem to do most of your shows together over in Europe. Um, does he not come to the United States uh, or to North America? Uh, often enough for you guys to do a, a nice size tour here, or is it just that 
the popularity is bigger in Europe? Uh, I think the popularity is bigger in Europe. Uh, uh, and also, it was more uh, 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 economically advantageous to us because uh, his his wife was his booking agent. Uh-huh. And it was it was uh, easier for for us to connect for the European jobs than it was uh, having him come uh, to to the U.S. Mm-hmm. But he was not as popular in the U.S. as I was in Europe. Yeah, yeah. So so it was uh, like I said, it was it was it was more feasible for us to to tour Europe together because he had a well-known name and I had a well-known name in Europe. And so, uh, so that's why we did most of the work there. So, but sure. we've done, we, 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 we're trying to, we're trying to filter into the States now with this, this, uh, Delta time CD, the, the first CD we did visions, it, we didn't have distribution here in the, in the States. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, we, we only had it in Europe in Western Europe. And th- this is why we did most of the, the touring over there in in Europe because of uh, 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 the the CD you had uh, saturation over in Europe. Sure. Uh, yeah. And but now uh, with the second CD we we're getting a little bit more saturation here in the, in the, in the states and so we're looking forward to doing some uh, some gigs here in the states uh, uh, as soon as we possibly can. You know. Oh great! That's uh, that's uh, that's that's great news. Why why are you, why do you think you you're more popular in Europe than the United States, Terry? Uh, I I don't know. I don't. You know, I, I don't. I don't have an answer for it. Really. Is it is it the acceptance? Is it is it the music is accepted more? Do you think over there? I mean, uh, so many of my guests have talked about the reception they get over in Europe, and they don't always feel that the reception for the blues and R and B is. Well, maybe not R&B, but more the blues is, you know, here. Um, I mean, I know, you know, I live in outside of, you know, I live right outside of Memphis, and I know a lot of the Memphis musicians have to go other places to be yeah. able to get really good gigs. It's it's almost seems like you're never popular at home, but you're always popular in the next town over, or the, the next, next country over, over yeah. or the next country over, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. well, uh, you know, the, the I've had, I've had uh, greater success in Europe than I've had here, uh, and but to actually put my finger on why, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I don't know why. Yeah. Uh, uh, I just, uh, I just go with, you know, go with the flow, man. You know. Sure. And, uh, absolutely. And, uh, but I think that uh, I can't very well say that. It, the music is more appreciated in Europe than than here. I think it's I think it's appreciated the same way. Mm-hmm. I, I think that uh, here at home there is so much, uh, but in other countries, you know, they don't they don't have so very much. I mean, you know, uh, when an artist come to town, uh, it, that's a big thing over open, you know, the the, right. the different countries. You know, here in the states. We have a, a variety of all kinds of things, man. You know, we have we have so many, you know, so many musicians, so many uh, uh, festivals, and so many different things. I mean, people, you know, people they can they can see these things at 
at any time, you know. Sure. Mm-hmm. Whereas mm-hmm. in Europe, you know, and artists go to Europe, uh, it's a big thing, you know. It's a, uh, but but the music, I think people love the music the same way. Yeah. It's just uh, it's just uh, it's just that uh, they have more. They're they they're able to see and hear more music here in the states than they are in Europe. That's a, yeah, that's a, that's a great point. It's a great point. I saw a video interview uh, that you and Hans did after a festival up in Canada, um, and it seemed like at one point you guys were talking about the way the blues are today and some of the blues are being today, and it appeared to me from the interview that maybe you're not real happy with some of the direction the blues is going. Uh, did I misinterpret that? No, actually, I'm 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 very pleased with where uh, the, oh, okay. the the where the blues is uh, uh, today, and 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 I'm happy that uh, that uh, people are beginning to pay more attention to it uh, in this day and time than than yesterday, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I'm I'm okay with where it's at. And I know it's it's been here forever, and it's going to be here. Uh, a lot of people say uh uh we have to do this to keep the blues alive. Uh, hey man, the blues is going to be alive. Yeah. yeah. Uh uh we, we can we can we can we will accept this support in supporting it, but it's going to be it's going to stay alive, you know. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's just it feels the umbrella has gotten larger to include more. You know, there's there's now that um, hillgrass bluebilly. Uh, you know, it's a, a little bit it's a harder harder edge blues that uh, some of the bands are out there playing. And I know that there's you know some people who who embrace it because it's it's taking some of it's almost um, hip hop and blues have sort of formed a, a bond. Uh, I know here in Memphis, Bobby Rush did a concert recently, and uh, Yo Gotti, the rap, the rapper, was on on the same bill with him, and they they kind of you know even did something on stage together. So it's it and and it kind of in some ways makes sense because they're both more spoken word music than w- music music. You know, there's more of a story to them. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, and then the then the ingredients of uh, all all the music all all of it is sort of intertwined. I mean, uh, the 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 blues is um, uh, has influenced uh, different genres of music, mm-hmm. you know. Sure. But yeah. it, but but you can hear the the influences of the blues and 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 pretty much all the music that you hear now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, and all the rhythms that the, that the hip hop hip hoppers are doing, uh, it's it's blues orientated, man. The foundation is the blues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, so it's it's you know, I can understand how how Bobby Rush uh, how they you know could uh, intertwine the music there, mm-hmm. the hip hop and and what he's doing. I mean, because it's it's the ingredients is 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 really the the same. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I hope that I'm, I'm, I'm explaining it to where oh, everybody absolutely. can understand. Yeah. No, I, 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 absolutely. Um, Terry, what's next for you? I mean, you just had this incredible career, uh, you know, that's still going on. What's What's next on your, you know, to do list? That's something that you really want to do going forward. Well, I don't have anything special 
that I would want to do. I'm just uh, grateful that that God has uh, allowed me to be, uh, to you know, to 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 do the music and to uh, to to uh, keep me physically and mentally sound enough to go out and enjoy uh, what I have the passion for, and you know. But I don't have any anything special that that I you know that I would like to do I mean you know I'm I'm writing new songs for 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 a new album and stuff like that but uh but that's you know that's pretty pretty basic and uh and I I'm I'm okay with who I am musically um uh and like I said you know I'm I'm not I'm not a super 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 guy but uh but uh I'm I'm okay. I'm happy mm-hmm. that I'm able to go and do and perform for the people and enjoy myself. That's wonderful. Um, all things Terry Evans can be found at www.terryevansmusic.com. It's T-E-R-R-Y-E-V-A-N-S music.com. And to learn more about Hans Thiesink, you can check out www.thiesink.com. It's T-H-E-E-S-I-N-K. Uh, we're gonna play one more song off of the album Delta Time. Uh, most times, I, I I enjoy I want to spend a lot of time talking with my guests, um, and I and I pick s- short songs. Um, but uh, I'm gonna take a little time away from my next guest because I want to play uh, Down in Mississippi because I just think that this is uh, it, it's a song that I think comes from the heart, and I, I believe I also saw something where you talked about how special this song is to you. Yeah. Facing, facing. I'm sorry. I keep saying facing. It's facing, correct? Facing, facing. Okay, okay. Frank's in the Frank's in the chat room, and he's trying to he's trying to correct me by spelling it facing. Okay, great. Uh, Talk about down in Miss down in Mississippi. Well, um, down. You know, it's it's sort of an experience that I've had. Mm-hmm. Uh, growing up down in in Mississippi, so uh, uh, you know, it's 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 it's. I'm just expressing some of my uh, realistic experiences. That's all. Okay, okay. Uh, Terry, I, I hope uh, you know when you and Hans come out on the road that uh, you get down uh, near near Memphis. I'd love to come out and see you guys perform. Um, and and I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us tonight. Uh, you know, as we talked about before we came on the air, uh, Terry just got back from doing thirty some odd dates in the last month over in Europe, and just got back a couple of days ago. So uh, we were able to fit him in on the back end of his uh, long tour. And I hope you and yours have a wonderful holiday season and a, and a wonderful new year. And when that well, new album is out. I hope you bring it to us and let us, you know, come back on the air. All of my guests are invited to bring anything, you know, special back. As a matter of fact, I've got the Bush League on later. They're they're bringing their album that drops later on this week. Uh, so when the new album is done, I'd love you to come back and uh, bring it to us. Certainly, and I appreciate I appreciate all the support. Okay, from Delta Time by Hans Tasink and Terry Tasink and Terry Evans. This is down in Mississippi. Have you ever been down to Mississippi? Somebody tell me. Oh, tell me. 
tell you a little story about my own self. My experience growing up in Mississippi. Listen. As far back as I can remember I either had to plow or hold Carry one of those long cotton sacks, y'all Standing at the old turn road Down in Mississippi Down in Mississippi Down in Mississippi where I was born Down in Mississippi where I came from Way down Now you see, they had a hunting season on a rabbit. If you shoot him, boy, you're gonna go to jail. But the season was always open on me. Nobody needed no bail. Down in Mississippi. Down in Mississippi Down in Mississippi Where I was born Down in Mississippi Where I came from Way down Way down Lord have mercy You see, I ain't got nothing against Mississippi, Cause that old place was the home of my wife. But I feel just like a lucky man sometimes to get away with my life. Down in Mississippi. Down in Mississippi Down in Mississippi Where I was born Down in Mississippi 
I used to have to work so hard Every day the sweat would roll off my backyard In Mississippi But that's all right You see I had a good family My dear old mother And my father My sister And my brother It's all right, y'all We made it through Uh And by the grace of God Everything worked out all right So I want to take this time To thank my God, yeah Thank the Master Talking about my God Heaven above Talking about my Father Lord have mercy Lord have mercy yeah, yeah. It was a hard time But that's alright Cause we had Jesus In our corner We had the Lord on our side Talking about my God sent from heaven Talking about my God above us all Mm-hmm. 
damn fine song. Down in Mississippi from Delta Time, from Hans Tasink and Terry Evans. This segment of Music on the Couch is sponsored by Taz Crew. It's been said that Taz is the master of the trip on Tundra with the soul of a poet. And on his latest album, Tired of Bluesmen Crying, Taz proves that he is one of the most unique of bluesmen plying his trade today. Check out all things Taz Crew and buy this album and all his others at www.tazcrew.com. That's www.tazcru.com. And now I am thrilled to welcome in to the couch, Mr. John Lee Hooker, Jr. Evening, John Lee, and thanks for joining me this evening. How are you, Vinny, and uh, thank you for having me. Oh, my pleasure. Um, you were born in Detroit, Michigan, um, and obviously to the uh, great John Lee Hooker and your mom. And uh, at what age did the uh, guitar come uh, into your hands? Because it almost seems like you were born with one in your hands. <laughs> Well, I'm I'm sorry to tell you that uh, uh, when I did pick it up, I didn't go very far with it. Uh, So uh, I am not the expert uh, that my dad was, Uh, but uh, he he showed me a lot of uh, uh, on-the-job skills and on-the-job training, and uh, I am blessed and thankful with what I I already have. yeah. Uh, just, I'm not going to use the word unfortunate that I didn't become an expert guitar player like he was, but uh, I will say that I am who I am, and this is what I got. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I mean, well, but, you know, you still have the skills. I mean, you performed for the public for the first time at eight years old on the radio in Detroit. Do you remember that day and how you felt walking into the studio? I certainly do. I can visualize it right now. Uh we were walking up the stairs. Seemed like uh, the stairwell was uh, uh, really, really hollow. So we walked up the stairs together, and uh, uh, we met Jeff and Joe Howard, uh, WJBK, I believe it was. And uh, of course, my dad said, "Who is the little guy?" And my dad's artist is uh, John Jr. and and. Uh, Introduced us, and uh, to make a long story short, uh, can he sing? Uh, yeah, he can sing a little bit. He's trying. He's trying. You want to sing on the radio? I had no. I mean, you know, I didn't go down there to sing. I just was with my dad. We were we were road dogs, right. and uh, the occasion came. The opportunity came up, and uh, there I was singing uh, one of his songs. Uh, through the microphone, I had to sit on his lap, and because uh, of course I was too short, and uh, there I was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's funny. Um, let's check out the tune. Uh, the new album is called "All Hooked Up." Uh, you wrote the lyrics for all the songs. Um, talk about uh, "Listen to the Music," which you co-wrote with Larry De- Larry Batiste. Well, what a wonderful piece of work. Uh, uh, pulling from uh, Larry's. Uh, uh, New Orleans uh, 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 background uh, uh, and uh, pulling from uh, what I have in me, uh, the uh, the Motown. <laughs> we just put our heads together, and uh, uh, what a great piece of music! Uh, the the uh, the lyrics uh, we both uh, 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 you know collaborated with. Um, as a matter of fact, Larry provided the music, uh, the beat, the tempos, and the melody and whatnot. 
and I provide. He said, "Here you go, John." So I took it and uh, worked with it, and worked with it, and worked with it, and uh, that's how it came out. Uh, what a collaboration! A wonderful uh, piece of work, and it's recognized. Uh, had one guy we just flew in from Alaska, and uh, when that song was performed, a guy walked past while the music was going. He showed his ID. And uh, after the music was over, I looked at it and it said he was from Louisiana. So it's recognized uh, uh, as the Bayou Beat. And yeah. uh, that's what people need to do is listen to the music because music has uh, stories in it. Music has warnings in it. Music tells you how to be happy. Uh, music tells you how to uh, uh, just relax. Uh uh, music tell you, tells you that it's going to be all right. And I believe uh, with all my heart that God is in music. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, the album is all hooked up. John Lee Hooker Jr. and listen to the music.
all hooked up. Uh, John Lee's a ton of talent in your family. Uh, your brother Robert is an accomplished keyboard organ player. Um, he uh, also worked with your dad for a while. Uh, your sister is it Zakaya? Yeah, Zakia. Uh-huh. Zakia, okay. I, I kept saying Zakia, and I said, no, I bet you it's Zakia. But, okay, Zakia, uh, she, she's, she's a singer and has several CDs out. And you even have a cousin, uh, Archie, who's a singer. So um, there's a lot of good genes in the uh, in the family there. Um, yes, sir. Yes, sir. But before I go uh, to elaborate on that, uh, yeah. um, I just wanted to mention the, the background uh, singing that you hear on that uh, Listen to the Music. Yep. Is none other than the producer Larry Baptiste. Uh, what a marvelous and talented producer this guy was. Uh, uh, provided the chorus for that song and uh, great song. Good, good, yeah. good, good uh, uh, introduction to the show, uh, Benny. Yes, uh, my my one of my cousins, uh, Larry. Uh, not Larry. I'm sorry, but Archie is in uh, France. He he moved to France and he's over there performing. Uh, my sister, uh, Zakia, she goes abroad, uh, probably, uh, two to three times every year. And of course she has a side job. She's a, a supervisor at a courthouse okay. and, uh, yeah. And my brother, God bless him. Uh, he's passed on Robert, who's, okay. uh, who had performed with my dad, uh, as a matter of fact, I believe he, uh, uh also, uh, performed on the uh, I'll Never Get Out of These Blues Alive with my dad and uh, Van Morrison. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and by the time you were a teenager, you were on the road with your dad. Um, was that uh, just during school breaks and, and summers? Yes, uh, of course, yeah, during yeah, school yeah. breaks at uh, 17 years old. <clears throat> um, uh, at 17 years old, I, that was my debut, as a matter of fact, on stage. And, uh, of course, I was... Uh, afraid because there's a lot of people out there i mean you know give me 20 people and i'll you know do the splits but a lot of people out there and uh that was that that was my chance to uh show what i can do and uh show what i couldn't do and it was exactly the latter what i couldn't do uh and uh that was my first mistake on the stage and uh it's a process. You don't get on a stage like uh, Michael Jackson does did, and when he was a kid, he hit it. But there was a process in the making behind the curtains as well. Uh, and after that, uh, of course, uh, 18, 19, 20, and all up in there, I went on the road with him and uh, learned the trick of the trade. Yeah, now you uh, 18, you went and you did Live at Soledad Prison. Um, what was it like when you found out you were going to be going into uh, Soledad to do a performance? Well, it was, uh, uh, it was, uh, it was really, really, uh, uh, my goodness. I mean, every time that uh, comes up, the Jets, it's, it's kind of a, uh, I guess you might say it's kind of emotional, and at the same time, uh, uh, I can look back and be thankful and uh, look at where I am now and be so very, very grateful. Um, I don't know if you know the story behind that or whatever, but I went into that prison with my dad. Of course, it was a full house, standing room only. Right. <laughs> and uh it was infamous because that's where Sir Han Sir Han was and that's where uh 
the uh, uh, Black Panther Party, uh, uh, one of the uh, Soledad brothers, uh, George Jackson, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Angela Davis. Uh, there's a lot of history that was there. Yeah. And uh, I went in, of course, and uh, it was it was it was really unusual. But it was a bunch of guys with smiling faces and and just so happy to to uh, uh, see us and to see his kid. They knew of him, but to see his kid was kind of like a, a, a very very very. It made him very very happy to see uh, someone trying to carry on. Uh, do what they're following their father's footsteps, but the sad part about it, uh, what happened after that was like two or three years later. Uh, first, it was my gig, and then it, that gig, uh, the the venue that was my gig, became my residence because mm-hmm. uh, addicted to drugs and uh, drug related uh, crime sent me right back there. Well, of course. The uh, guard that was standing there in front of the stage, guarding us, making sure that we were all right, uh, turned around to uh, three or four years later become my supervisor on a, a landscape crew. And mm. matter of fact, he brought it. He says, "I know who you are," and showed me a picture that uh, the photographer took of me on stage. And as a matter of fact, he gave it to me when I re- was released from prison. Oh. And I have that <laughs> I have that photo of Ernie the guard sitting and standing in front of the stage, the guarding us and me on stage, uh, performing. That's incredible. So, and then, you know, of course, uh, just like I was well received uh, during when I was a free guy coming in there to perform, I was well received as well because people understand, you know, uh, Drugs and alcohol is, is, is like a common cold. Everybody, not everybody, but somebody going to get it, especially if they go out in the cold <laughs> with yeah. nothing on. So yeah. I'm thankful that I'm here today clean and sober for many, 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 many years. And uh, Yeah. It's, I mean, you know, you lost all of those creative years during the 80s and the 90s um, as you battled the addictions and, and, and your demons. Um, it was your dad passed away in 2001 and after that i guess it was your internal clock went off and your family and friends uh gathered around and uh your internal strength and you developed uh that that you developed allowed you to crawl out from under the weight of your problems well Uh, my my dad uh i give all the all the credit to god uh but my dad and my family i had a loving family and i still do but uh you know his wish uh, was before he left this earth, not that he thought he was in imminent danger of leaving pretty soon, but uh, we all got to go one day. He just said, before I go, man, I sure want to send. And it happened before he left. Uh, when I got out of prison in 1997, uh, his prayer came true. So, uh, yeah, yeah, sure yeah, did. Yeah. And uh, you got back into music. 2004, you released uh, Blues with a Vengeance, which I've seen uh, you've called your celebratory redemption. Um, yes, sir. 
The album, obviously other people felt the same way because you are in the Grammy nomination in the traditional blues album category. You got a nomination for the uh, W.C. Handys, which is now called the Blues Music Awards. Oh, I won that. I won You won that, yes, yes. You got the nomination and won uh, Best New Artist Debut. Uh, The California Music Awards uh, named Blues with a Vengeance 2004's Outstanding Blues Album of the Year. And the Bay Area Blues Society presented you with the 2004 Comeback Artist of the Year Award. Um, <laughs> you certainly have found your redemption, but have you ever thought about it, John Lee? If the album hadn't been received, what would have happened after that? No, no, okay. not at all. Okay, um, not at all. When I when we uh, uh, record when when Blues with the Vengeance was recorded, you know, Grammy nominations let known the Grammy itself was not even in my mentality. I didn't even, that's not where I was. My, where I was, was uh, doing what I love to do, carrying on, uh, and at the same time, carrying on my dad's legacy. This is something I like to do. It's just like me going to play baseball. I would never think that anybody would come along and say, uh, or some talent talent scout come along and say, I'm taking you to the big leagues. I'm, no, I'm doing what I love to do. And that just so happened to happen. I don't go into the studio to, you know what I mean, uh, let's get ready. But now that that has that stuff has happened, of course, it's just formality, it's just standard. But no, uh, I would have I would have made the next album and um, the next album, and that's what I did. I made what I made uh, a couple of more albums, and then here comes another Grammy nomination. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not expecting these things to happen. But and I got a phone call about by a crying colleague, so emotional I thought something was happening. And he said, congratulations, congratulations for what? You've been nominated for a Grammy. You know, I mean, you know, you got the Michael Jacksons and you got the Princes and you got the B.B. Kings and you got the, we had the Etta James, we had the, uh, uh, all of these giants, you know, and that's who I went up against. I was uh, up against uh, uh, B.B., uh, I was up against uh Big names, uh, yeah, yeah. and they won. They won, but people told me, "Hey, nobody. People go through a lifetime and don't get nominated. And look who you were with." So the next time it was with BB King, and of course BB King won. But what an honor to be up there with the Giants. You know, a little bitty guy like me just got out of prison, <laughs> ex-drug addict. You know, yeah, this was this was great. Walking the red carpet, I walked that San Quentin prison yard and Solidaire prison yard, and I'm like, walking the red carpet, I'm like, thank you, God. (laughs) So, so I I felt I won. I still feel I won, but no, uh, uh, nothing would have happened if nothing like that happened. I don't expect these things. I just go in and I I do the best that I can do, and I be the best that I can be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you walk in that red carpet, those those bright lights in your eyes are flashes and not the spotlights from the guard towers. It's a whole different thing. Right, exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Let's do another tune from the album All Hooked Up. Uh, Let Me Be. Uh, your bandmates all get credit on this uh, along with your, your, your lyrics. Uh, tell us about the song, Let Me Be. Well, I, I carry around a, a little bitty tape recorder. 
And when I get an idea, I'll hum it. So I put that little tune, that little melody in there, and I started putting some lyrics with it. I took it to a little old bitty uh, rehearsal studio in Oakland, California, and put it to the mic. I gave the bass man his bass line, and I said, here it is. And that's what you're about to play right now. And that's Frank Tebow in the background. We put some some uh, uh, effects on his voice, and uh, that's how that song came to uh, be born. John Lee Hooker, Jr. from All Hooked Up, Let Me Be. Let 
Um, the next year you released All Odds Against Me, uh, and it was your first album uh, where you did not cover any of your dad's music, correct? Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it brought you the, the, the second Grammy nomination, as you mentioned, uh, and it brought uh, to the world Bluesman, the animated blues superhero who was created right. by uh, Laurent Mercier. Uh, his that dad, was, I guess, was a, a musician also over in France and a big fan of your dad's. Uh, and you two put this together with both of your dad sort of, you know, to uh, sort of honor them and to give you another outlet. Uh, and Bluesman is a is a cool little character. You have fun with him. Oh yeah. <laughs> As a matter of fact, uh, the uh, um, the uh, all hooked up CD has a bonus DVD right. as well. The best one yet to me. Uh, and it's John. called Dear, Dear John. Yeah. So uh, Blues Man is uh, uh, showing, and, you know, that, that particular DVD is autobiographical. And uh, uh, he, he's just uh, a little bit more modern, and, and, and Calicor Productions has done some great work. And if you see, and I'm sure you have you seen it? Uh, I, yeah, I, yeah, I've watched it a couple of times already. I, I just I enjoy yeah. it so much. It's it's uh, the 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 uh, animation to it is great, and the, the yeah. song is a it's a wonderful song. It's a you know it's like having a secret bonus song on the album. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a uh, it's a true story, and the name of that hotel. I I mean I say inside of the story that I'll keep the name anonymous for fear of. Judicial repercussions, but uh, the name of that hotel was called the Henry Hotel on Sixth uh, uh, Street, and uh, the rest is here. It is it's just a great piece of work, and uh, uh, that's my, one of my logos uh, taking the blues to another level. This is the first ever blues animated graphic cartoon ever to be made, and uh, I'm often often uh, wishing that uh, my dad would have been here to see this here. See, he would have been bragging, but, 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 but that, that's, that's my boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I have a feeling he would have gotten a real kick out. He would have yeah. made you, he would have get, made you put uh, his character in there with you, I'm sure. Oh, man, that you, you know it. See there, you, you, you know that that would have happened. Yeah, you know yeah. that that's what would have happened. And my dad was, a, he was a competitor, and that's the competitor in me. Uh, we, you know, in a loving way, always tried to do each other. One time I bought a diamond ring, and it had just one stone in it. And I would walk through, and I would hold my hand up and 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 show him that. I said, put your sunglasses on back on, Dad. I know you ain't on stage, but put your sunglasses on. And he, he saw my diamond ring. And I think it was two days later, he drove all the way down from Redwood City to Oakland and jumped, got out of the limousine or whatever he was in, and uh, they walked him upstairs out of the apartment. He said, he said, I know the sun is shining, but I'm going to make the sun shine inside your little apartment. And he pulled out that 20-diamond diamond ring. <laughs> so I know he would have won. If he have saw that cartoon, he would oh, you can't yeah. outdo me. I'm your daddy. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, 
2010, you uh, released Live in Istanbul. Uh, it just had Mitch Woods on, and he released uh, an album recently that he recorded over in Istanbul. Uh, uh, the audience seems to be incredibly receptive to American blues and jazz over there. Uh, was it a fun time? My goodness, uh, 23 days, 23 shows in uh, in Turkey. Were you on uh, that uh, blues festival? That the the, the movie Ro- Epson, blues festival? Epson Blues Festival. Epson, yeah, yeah, it's, okay, uh, it's, it's like did. a yeah. Budweiser beer. Yeah. Uh, but it you know it's just a big chain, just like Budweiser is a big chain. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, we traveled all over Turkey, and I'm telling you, they had to have guards to hold them screaming fans back. We yeah. thought we were the Beatles and Michael Jackson, and all <laughs> in one. It was great. They just loved the music. And uh, so it was decided by me really quick, we are going to capture this on wax. And uh, mm-hmm. I brought the hard drive back. I had the uh, promoter. I said, send me somebody that can record this. And uh, at the same time, we did a DVD. Uh, they filmed it at, you know, uh, at... Uh, cameras all in the sky and you know following the crowd and the, the excitement of the crowd and uh so that's what we did we captured that and brought it back to uh, america and uh that's what you had live in istanbul turkey yeah it's um it's, it's, it's the same festival that mitch and his band the 88s uh the rocket 88s were on uh it sounds right. like a, a, an incredible he he, he talked about how well they were treated. I mean, like, like he oh, said, yeah. we stayed at top-notch hotels everywhere we went, and everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, you, you've been really. I mean, there's a lot of artists who have gone through, you know, the troubles that you went through, but you've been very open about them, and you've uh, gone on a number of TV shows and 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 the like to discuss them. Um, if you could find, if you can find yourself. I guess, I guess, well, let me, let me say it, say yeah, it. Yeah, okay. If you can find yourself, the past is the past, but that's no reason to forget the past because you can learn from it. Um, and you've done a great job of, you know, preaching, preaching that uh, since uh, you've come, come back to us. Um, how important is it to continue to, to try to teach the younger people? To it's take very them? important. Uh we all don't make it out of this alive. My dad yeah. wrote a song said, I'll never get out of these blues alive. He was serious. He was serious because he knew where where, where his end would be. Uh, with drugs and alcohol, you know, we don't know if we're going to get out of it. I, by the grace of God, got out of it. I recovered. I'm still recovering. Uh, some people don't make it. I can, you know, I got a song that <laughs> I got a song about some of my friends didn't make it out. Uh, there's a lot of people that are going on. There are a lot of people that are going to die as we speak because of drugs, because of the destruction. And uh, I was shot. I think I've been shot twice. One, two. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying to see where the wounds are. <laughs> I'm sorry. So, because I have a, uh, I was stabbed in my back as well. So, I got okay. one, two, three. Yeah, I got two bullet wounds and then a stab wound to the back. I could have died. 
I could have died. That man pulled that trigger back and said, give me the money, and I swear to God I don't have it, with tears rolling down my eyes. He cocked the trigger back and ran out the ran out the room, and I jumped up and hopped out of there with the money in my back pocket all the time. That's how dumb and stupid and ignorant and demonic it is. So everybody don't make it. And so my job is to uh, tell these kids and these grown-ups and those older than I am, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. It's uh, you, you say you're going to do it different. I'll do mine different than John or somebody else did that. But that's a lie from the pits of hell because the results are going to be the same. Death, destruction, disrespect, status of a low-down loser bum. And uh, nobody trusts you. Nobody they used to take their purses to the bathroom when I used to walk around in their house coats. Yeah. So nobody trusts you. Yeah. Nobody. And it's a pitiful, it's a pitiful way to be. And my job while I'm here on this earth is to tell young people, old people, whatever you want to call them, people in general, it's not the way you want to live. God created us to be healthy living human beings and here we go we want to put something to make us drunk change our mind and change our mood alter everything that's uh uh uh, uh decent to make it, it turn into a remember that movie called uh the walking dead that's yes, what sir. a drug addict is we're walking dead people we're zombies because all we want to do is get a thrill. And the thrill, don't let, B.B. wrote a song, said the thrill is gone. Trust me, after you take that first hit or shoot that dope, the thrill is gone. And here you are with your, excuse my language, with your dumb ass going to look for it again. It's never ending. And some go to the grave trying to find the next hit. I'm one, I'm one hit away from death. If I hit or shoot, I'm one hit or one shot or one drink away from death. And that's ever be, ever present before me, ever present before. I never want to forget, glory, mm-hmm. never want to forget where I came from. I don't romanticize what I did. I say it as a constant reminder, and I echo that to all those who hear me. You don't want to go down. It feels good now, probably, when you're a youngster. Boy, but we'll sit up in one of them. Prison has gotten so, it was it was, it was was a death trap when I was there. Yeah, they'd kill you about you looking the wrong way. They mm. thought it was you. Yeah. You yeah. know, and it's just not a good place to be. So that's why I echo it. Don't mess with it. Cigarettes, I don't do nothing of any. Mm, Thanks okay. be to God. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, well, you know, I mean, uh, personally, I'm, you know, thrilled that uh, you found your way back because, uh, um, you know, there's a message to be heard. And, That's right. Uh, and your music is meant to be heard. Uh, you know, Zach Harmon was on recently, and uh, we talked about his his latest album, which is was is entitled "Music Is Medicine," um, and I think it's. It's so very true to so many people, and uh, I think that the music has helped, uh, has been medicine to you also to keep you uh, 
where you are today to bring you back to us. Listen uh, to the music. <laughs> yeah, yeah, listen to the music. On the 29th, uh, John Lee Hooker Jr. is in Oakland at the Torch Club and New Year's Eve. Sacramento. At, uh, Sacramento at the Torch Club. Oh, okay. Uh, and New Year's Eve is at Biscuit and Blues in San Francisco? San Francisco, correct. Okay. Uh, and then uh, the New Year, are you off to Poland then? Off to, I think we're going, no, no, before Poland, we go to uh, Algiers, Africa for seven days, then come back and uh, uh, go to uh, Warsaw and uh, Zapakani, uh, Poland. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Um, the things are just uh, really going great. Uh, all things John Lee Hooker Jr. can be found at www.johnleehookerjr.com. Uh, you can check him out on Facebook, and his Twitter handle is at Hooker Jr., um, and you can get that on iTunes and Amazon as well. And you can get the album on iTunes and Amazon. Um, all online distributors all over the world. Mm -hmm. uh, I really, uh, we're going to have one last song uh, from All Hooked Up. Tell us the t tale behind Tears in My Eyes. Uh, this, is a song, <laughs> this is a song that, you know, could have been written 60 years ago, 70 years ago. <laughs> I mean, it's just so classic, so timeless. Thank you. Uh, tell us about it. Tell is, 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 uh, uh, tears in my eyes. Uh, yeah. uh, you talking about? You talked about redemption uh, a while back. Well, this is a, a sort of a, a recovery song, uh, and that's uh, one of my affirmations today. Is I don't care how hard it gets, Vinny. You that's listening, I will never ever take a dr another drink. I will never take another hit. I will never stick myself with a needle ever again. I don't care how. I will not let these tears in my eye. I won't, you know, I won't cry to the point. Nothing wrong with crying. But as an addict, when I hurt, I went to look for something to soothe my pain, which was nothing that the doctor ordered. So Tears in My Eyes is one of my favorites. So when you said Tears in My Eyes, I laughed. That's good. Well, I'm glad I picked it. Uh, John Lee, I, I really appreciate you taking time to come on. I, I hope you guys get close to Memphis. I'd love to meet you in person and come out and see you play live. Certainly. Uh, I'm so. sure that uh, uh, we'll be back at uh, Memphis in May pretty soon it's been a while since we've been there and yeah. uh we got some good friends down there and i just thank you for inviting me to sit on the couch and kick it with you brother i appreciate you brother and uh have a wonderful healthy christmas and, and new year's yes, you, you do the same and uh we shall meet Absolutely. thank you Vinny. thank bye you bye. john bye bye john lee hooker jr from hook uh all hooked up this is tears in my eyes <laughs>
Not even a message on my wall Above all things I can't get weak and take another drink I must stand tall to it all I wrote up a ten-page letter And it came right back to my home Then returned to sender Your girl is gone I even know the sounds of the mail truck That keeps on passing me by But I must be patient And not let these tears in my eyes Uh, the name of the band is 
the Bush League. And uh, it's Debbie Flood on drums, Royce Folk on acoustic bass, Shane Parch on guitars, and the big man, John Jason Cecil, up front. Uh, as I said, I met them in 2012. We really had a good time, and uh, they are honoring us tonight uh, by bringing in their new album, which is entitled Can of Gas and a Match. And it's a great collection of 10 songs, and uh, this is called Devil Crying in the Churchyard.
and give the people what they want. An extra man and woman on the side of all the money in your pocket that you can't flunk. So when you say that I ain't up in church, well, now you just got me crying. much for bringing us the new music this evening. I really appreciate you. Thank you. Hey. Now it drops later. That's why you got it. Hey, now it drops later this week? The, um, now. Now. Yeah, people are, yeah, people now. are downloading it on uh, iTunes. iTunes right now. So, And it's right. on Amazon.com. Cool. When's the uh, big release party? Uh, and where is it going to be? The 22nd. Okay. And that's uh oh man, yeah, we, we love playing there, man. Uh, there's a spot there called the Stony Badger and it uh it, it they like us. <laughs> <laughs> we like them. And we like them. Oh <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Uh you, yeah, you gotta be the first D but That's the first, okay. Now there's a few songs on, on this album that appeared on the live album. Um I think it's very cool that you put them into the studio setting. Um, was uh, what was the thought process behind that? That was all the songs we had. Pretty much. So we knew how to play. Now, 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 come on, now. You all know that that's not true. Uh, Some days it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness gracious! Talk about the writing process that went into the new songs on the album. The writing process? Yeah. Speak on it, Jay. Of the new songs on the album or just in general, Vic? Well, it just I guess just in general overall, but uh, anything different with the new songs? I mean, Miss Debbie's, you know, this is her This is her first time uh, recording with you guys, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah Debbie, you're still there. I can't believe it. I, I'm I here. Was I'm sh- just... 
No, I'm talking about with these with these knuckleheads. I I, I would have thought by now you would have run away screaming. Uh, oh no, I I love my brothers very much. I would not run away screaming unless they make me eat pork rinds. <laughs> Just kidding, guys. So, okay, songwriting. <laughs> Sorry, songwriting. Actually, it's a really interesting process. Um, let me talk. Can I talk about it, guys? Because I I really was new to the game with you guys and. Uh, Pretty much we just jam, and then Jay, he's, he's just amazing. He just comes up with these lyrics that are just so incredibly powerful. And I'm like, where did he, Where are these coming from? I mean, the guy's a poet. And then, you know, we got Royce, you know, playing the, that, those just those lines of me that's just, like, driving and powerful. And then Shane just screams, and it's like, wow. And that's how it is. It's, and it's like that every time. Would you agree? Shane's just sitting here staring. That's about right. So Jay, yeah, Jay, Jay, where did these words come from? Ah, uh, my soul, man, my soul. No, uh, Debbie actually hit the nail on the head, man. I mean, that's that's how we create songs. Um, we we go in, we go into our practice spot, and we just start playing, and we see what happens. Um, and I think we're blessed in the fact that you know we're able to creatively connect really quick. Um, and uh, I'm a writer, just in general. So it's it's not. I've, I've always got some sort of story going on in my head or a lie. And uh, you know, Stephen King said that you know the best storytellers ain't nothing but good liars. So, um, you know. But in any case, the the fact of the matter is, I mean, I, I could come up with a a a, a, a theme, and what. What the what what Roy Shane and Debbie do, they are able to they able to paint a whole picture. So I I think it's special in the uh, in that vein of the creative process because we 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 know a lot of musicians and we see a lot of bands that are talking about you know we go we gonna get together and have a writing session or something like that. We don't even the song doesn't even get written. The song might not even be written. Even after we play it out in public, the song ain't even written. A matter of fact, the one you just played, yeah. <laughs> Devil Cry in the Church on? Yeah. We just learned how to play that last month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that it, was last month I it was yesterday, I thought. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, and tomorrow, we played that tomorrow song many, many different, different ways. And tomorrow it'll be a totally different song? Is that what you're telling me? Well, no, no, it won't be totally different. I just gotta remember what. I just gotta listen to my own song and write the lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> Vinny, that song still isn't written down. Oh my goodness! So it could be. So you could sing different lyrics every night. Uh, yeah, that that has happened <laughs> with a lot of our songs, but we we're a little more professional, a little more polished now, a little more polished. We. Cubic zirconium right now, so okay. nine times out of ten, you'll get the same verse now when you come to a show. <laughs> like that all the time. We can't guarantee those nine times, times out of ten. <laughs> well, let's 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 listen to another one. Uh, this is this is one that came off of the uh, live al- that was on the live album of uh, '59 Chevy. Um, oh, right. Yeah, t- t- yeah. T- t- tell us t- tell us the tale behind the song. I well. Let me let me start here. Hey, hang I'll on a second, Rose. Um, I that song was a riff that I wrote like ten years ago at a church. 
And just that, that intro riff, I, it stuck with me. Go ahead, Royce. Well, I was going to say that uh, Jeremy Powell is featured on this one on keyboards. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was the first song that we actually played with him. Uh, last year at the IBC, we went down and played with him on Bill Street at the uh, Tap Room. And with uh, Vince Johnson and the Plantation All-Stars, they had an open mic thing going on. That was the uh, Memphis Blues Society. That was our that was our Memphis Blues Society jam, which we'll be having again this this year, uh, four nights at the Tap Room. Sorry, self self serving. No, plum. no problem. No self-serving problem. Self serving plum. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we walked in the door. They asked us if we could play something. We were like, yeah, and that's the first song that we played. It's on YouTube too. Um, you can find it there. But uh, Jeremy and the horns, and we had like another slide player. Uh, another a bunch of trombones, and it, it was phenomenal. So when we decided to record, we had to have a little bit of that back with us. So we had to get Jeremy on there with us for it, and uh, kind of like how it came out. Bush Lake 59 Chevy, and this is from the new album, Can of Gasoline and a Ma- Can of Gas and a Match. <laughs> Corona with lime And the way they red dress Up to 
Yeah, yeah. Um, lo- you know, dig- loving loving the direction the band is going. You know, you know, I've been a fan since I since I first met you guys. Um, I uh, really enjoy you. You, you know, you when you're on stage, you y'all have a a great great time on stage. And uh, wish so much luck with the album. And again, I'm honored that you know you allowed us to play some of it here tonight. Um, and I uh, hope you get back toward Memphis real soon. Thanks so much for having us, Vinny. Yeah, thanks, Vinny. Thanks, Vinny. Thank you, Vinny. We're going to do one more from the album, uh, Prodigal Son. Wow, really? All right. Really, why? No, no. Awesome, awesome. Oh, that's the third song? Okay, or just or Prodigal Son. Uh, Did I do good cookies? Vinny, it's your show. You play whatever you want. Hey, no, you know, I want to make you happy, too, bro. I just want you know, tell me about the song. <laughs> hey, Shane, explain. <laughs> Prodigal Son? Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's an old blues song that I, that I learned from Keith Richards from the, from uh, one of the Stones albums that they did that on. Okay. And uh, it, it just always struck a chord in me. And when I figured out that uh, it was played in open E, it was like, a revelation. So I started doing more exploring, and and you know the rest is kind of history. And here we are. So prodigal son. Uh, you know, gang. Merry Christmas. Happy New Merry Year. Um, we'll hope to see you all soon. And uh, you know, much luck with the album. Uh, get out there and uh, make them love you. You know. Thank you. That's all Thank we do. Thank you. Thank you, Vinny. The Bush League. A can of gas and a match. This is Prodigal Son. Oh, 
www.bushleaguethebushleague.com uh, They're also on Facebook and on Twitter. Uh, they are at the underscore bush underscore league. So check them out. Uh, you, you'll be glad you did. And uh, now I'm uh, pleased to welcome in Ms. Deborah. I'm sorry. I'm looking at my switchboard and trying to do three things at once. Ms. Deborah Devi. Uh, Deborah is the leader of the band Debbie. Uh, she's a Thunder Girl Rock Nation artist and the first female guitarist invited to record for Guitar World's Lick of the Day iPhone app. Uh, but on top of all that, she's written a book entitled The Language of the Blues from Alcarub to Zuzu which has already won the ASCAP Deems Taylor Award for Outstanding Book on Music. Uh, evening, Deborah, and thanks for taking a seat on the couch. Hey, Vinny, I'm happy to be here on the couch, <laughs> metaphorically. Yeah. So why the book? <laughs> uh, well, you know, I I worked for a while as the associate editor of Blues Review Magazine, and while I was there, I really started to question whether I knew what words like mojo and hoodoo really meant. I mean, I had always tossed them around, but... I started to get curious, and I wanted to really dig in and, and find out where these words are from and what they meant. And um, I started to keep a list, and when I got to 100 words, um, I thought, well, maybe this might be a book. <laughs> yeah, and um, so, okay, so uh, by your job at Blues Review uh, gave you the opportunity to talk to some of the people uh, who you talked to, um, Bonnie Raitt, Dr. John, uh, Hubert Sumlin, and so many more. Um, you you had a connection to them to be able to talk to them about all these words, correct? Yeah, so, I mean, so that was where I, thought, where I got the initial connection. I interviewed Dr. John for Blues Review. I interviewed Bonnie for Blues Review. Um, but I wrote this book, you know, uh, 
long after I had moved on from working for Blues Review. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, I was it was kind of tough initially to well to backstep for uh, backtrack for a minute. When I started working on the book, I was trying to think of a contribution I could make that might be a little bit different than what other people have done. And since I'm not a scholar, I'm a rock musician and a writer. I thought, you know, maybe I could talk directly to the artists and ask them, you know, what do these words mean to you? Um, So I started to reach out to different uh, blues artists, and it was kind of tough to get interviews because their managers and publicists, you know, didn't really see the value in um, an interview for, you know, some obscure book. Mm -hmm. You know, as one of of the publicists said to me, this isn't going to sell his album this year, you know. (laughs) Right, right, yeah. Who knows when the book's going to come out and whatever. So, um. I actually kind of got lucky because New York City did this um, blues, uh, sort of gave the the city the keys to the blues and had a big concert at Lincoln Center. And um, someone tipped me off that there's going to be a a press event at the Lincoln Center at Barnes & Noble. And I went that afternoon, and sitting along one wall was everyone I could ever dream of interviewing, like Hubert Sumlin, Milton Campbell, Robert Jr. Lockwood, Eddie Shaw, um, at least a dozen of our great elder news artists. Sure. Um, and between me and them was sort of a phalanx of managers and publicists. But the, but they were sitting there and they were doing an autograph line for fans. So people were bringing their guitars and their CDs to be signed. So I got in the autograph line and I just talked to each man as I went down the line and I explained the mission of the book. And I walked away with uh, 11 home phone numbers. Um, oh. Each, yeah, each person said, this sounds great. This sounds important. Give me a call. That's cool. That's very yeah. cool. Yeah. You yeah. had to go right to, yeah, uh, you have to go right to the to the artists because the people that, you know, think that they're helping them. Uh, sure. Screening. And I, yeah. and I just, it, it, you and understand, I, yeah. That's, yeah, I did. You know, I totally understood. I mean, especially, you know, the managers are doing their jobs when they're trying sure. to prevent the artist from getting tired out, doing a lot of, you know, interviews that might not be beneficial. But when I talked to each artist, I mean, they instantly uh, got that this could be, you know, a valuable contribution to the history of the blues and that it would be an opportunity for them to give, share some of their history, um, which they certainly did, and I think is what made the book come alive. Yeah, absolutely. How long did it take to write the book? About a year and a half. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, Sixteen-hour days. <laughs> do you know offhand what the longest entry in the book is? Um, I, I, certainly it would be for the word blues. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. sure. There's a, there are a lot of there are a lot of entries. I mean, there's just so much to read. I'm still still going through it. It's you know I keep going back to it and just kind of jumping around from letter to letter and. And just you know, looking things up, and if something comes to mind, I say, mm, "Let me go see if Deborah's got that in the book." And uh, oh, that's uh, great. Yeah, there's. I mean, you know, it's amazing how many terms are uh, metaphors for sex. Um, uh, yeah. uh, you know, coffee grinding and cabbage and grind and honey dipper dripper, and uh, it's it's such an it's such an important part of the blues, but it's all done in these metaphors. Um, yeah, and you know, I actually. Oh, I'm sorry. To no, go ahead. No, 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 please go. Well, okay. I was going to say that you know, I actually make the point in the book that, and some other, you know, I didn't just come up with this. Some other scholars have said this. That yes, it's true that a lot of blues songs seem to be about a lover, 
Um, but many of them are about, you know, killing a cheating lover or being kept in chains by love. And some people have made the point, and I think it's very plausible, that some of these songs may have been metaphors for slavery. And, you know, recently uh, freed uh, slaves couldn't necessarily talk about being kept in chains and wanting to kill the master, but certainly you could write a song, an angry song about you know, hating someone and wanting to see them dead and stuff like that and couch it in romantic terms. So I think there's a fair amount of signifying that goes goes on in the blues as well. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, was there a phrase or a word that surprised you most when you learned of its origins? You know, I have to credit Hubert Sumlin for surprising me the most, and that was with the phrase killing floor. And, in yeah. fact, he was the first artist I interviewed directly for the book. And I, you know, when I sat down with him, I opened the conversation um, by talking about Killing Floor, and I had read all the various accounts in books and Internet research and everything saying that that song, in that song, uh, Helen Wolf was singing about the Chicago slaughterhouses, you know, the Killing Floor, where many Delta Blues men got jobs when they came up to Chicago because it was really, you know, hideous work. So I was expecting uh, Hubert to just confirm that. And instead, he was like, no, it's not all of that. And he just went on this whole other incredible story about what inspired that song. And I thought, wow, we really need to talk to the artist. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, I was just flipping through to find to find uh, Killing Floor. Uh mm-hmm. Well, Down on the killing floor is to have hit rock bottom, according to uh, Hubert Sumlin, whose licks on Helling Wolf's killing floor are the building blocks of the electric blues guitar. Um, Sumlin yeah, was, he, yeah, he said sure. basically that you know Wolf was using it as a metaphor for depression, um, and that he was you know he would tell his stories to um, Chester Burnett, and they would you know come up with lyrics, and he told the, uh, Wolf told the story about one time he was coming home from tour and his girlfriend at the time he sent him down to the corner store to get some groceries like oh I'll make you a, a wonderful welcome home dinner go get some groceries and while that was really just her pretense to get him out of sight so that she could ransack the bus for evidence that he had been unfaithful and she found a pair of ladies panties <laughs> which she were insists belonged to some other band member but by the time Helen Wolf was walking back up the street she was leaning out the second floor window of their home with a shotgun and started shooting at him. <laughs> and as Hubert said, we you know we picked Buckshot out of his behind for a week, and he was he got he was really depressed and down about it, and he wrote that song about her. Yeah, uh, um, yeah. So you know, I mean, obviously going through you know a lot of terms I had heard, and you know, reading reading the um, the descriptions, you know, I was pretty close, but there you know some uh, one that jumped out at me was Sweetback Papa. Mm. You know, it was just a term I had never really heard before. Um, and uh, I just, you know, was like, okay. Uh, so, you know, there are things, if you think you know about the blues, I guess the point I'm trying to make, you know, even someone who, you know, spends a lot of time dealing with the blues, you're going to find stuff in here that's going to surprise you. Uh, and I'm, again, flipping through my notes, and I probably should have had just the pages marked, but that would have been too darn easy. Uh, <laughs> well, that's okay. I don't remember half the stuff in the book myself. So yeah. Take your time. Uh, Sweetback, probably. Here it is. 
Uh, according to Big Bill Bronzy, a sweetback papa was a man who avoided manual labor by playing the blues and sponging off of the women. Yeah, today we call these people drummers. (laughs) (laughs) That was Deborah. That wasn't me. Um, (laughs) My drummer's wonderful and works hard. (laughs) Yeah. Now, um, you know, you, you wrote... You know, you wrote about blues for for a time, but you even said it earlier. I mean, you're a rocker. Um, yeah, so it's I'm a rock musician. That, oh, yeah. yeah, you're a rock musician. You're not a blues musician, but though blues, a lot of rock comes out of the blues. Um, talk about your band. Um, yeah, my band's called Davy, and um, that's a Sanskrit word for the feminine. Um, in Hindu mythology. They divide the universe into the male and the, and the female, Devi and Deva. And um, everything that actually takes form, including music, is under the heading of Devi, the feminine, and but it needs the male energy to animate it and bring it to life. So I thought that I, I practice a lot of yoga too, so that's why we named the band that. Um, but I actually, you know, I grew up in Milwaukee, and the first live shows I saw were blues shows at a little place called the Metropolitan Theater. And the live show that probably affected me the most was when I saw Sun Sales and Coco Sun Seals and Coco Taylor when I was 16. And I just remember flying out of my chair onto the dance floor like I was possessed. And just I never danced before. I'd never heard the blues before. I had no reason to be so grabbed, but I just was transported. And um, I met my boy, my first boyfriend that night. He was like this little blues nerd and. We just went to every show we could go to, um, including these amazing shows that were held in the cornfield halfway between Milwaukee and Chicago and saw John Lee Hooker and B.B. King there. And um, So anyway, when I moved to New York and started playing music, I got into punk bands initially, but I always wanted to do this bluesy jamming thing. And so finally I had to kind of start my own band and, um, you know, we sound more like classic rock, um, but... You know, we take off and we jam and we try to reach the same places that, you know, blues artists are trying to reach mm-hmm. when we do mm-hmm. that. Yeah, when you uh, saw John Lee, was uh, was Junior with him? I just uh, had a great conversation <laughs> no. with Junior. I heard that. It was wonderful. Yeah. Um, no, no, he was solo. And uh, like I said, the show was out in the middle of a cornfield. So it was mm-hmm. just a scaffolding stage and generators and um, very special. That's incredible. I uh, just want to mention uh, at this point uh, for our last show, 2012, next week, I'm going to welcome in Eddie Martin and music from his latest album, Looking Forward, Looking Back, and also Corey Luke uh, joins me to talk about his career and his new album, It Ain't Easy. Uh, we also have two past Couch Kids uh, bringing us some more new music to listen to. Uh, Pierre Lecohet from Mississippi Heat will discuss the success of their latest uh, release, Delta Bound. And Dusty from Robodrum comes by with their latest album, Big Bad Wolf. Uh, it's been out on limited release, but it's about to drop big time. Dusty is an old friend of the show, and uh, he spends a lot of time in the chat room when he's not out traveling and doing shows. Um, last show, 2012. Holy crap. How did that happen? Um, and again, I apologize 
But the New Year's Eve and Christmas, uh, Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve when I was going to do review shows, just not going to get them done the way I want them to be done. So I'm not going to do them this year, but we will make sure that we get something together for next year. Uh, you can check out all the archives at musiconthecouch.com. I also want to give a special shout-out to those who have already signed up as sponsors for the International Blues Challenge live webcast. Uh, once again, Blackfoot Custom Amps has taken on a major sponsor role. Uh, also joining as sponsors this year, Rum Boogie Cafe, Blues411.com, the Austin Blues Society, the No Refund Band, the Topeka Blues Society, Frank Rozak Promotions, and Irene Torres and the Sugar Devils. And you can uh, help support these live webcasts. Send an email to 2013IBC at musiconthecouch.com, 2013IBC at musiconthecouch.com for more details and you can get your message to thousands of dedicated blues fans worldwide um, the book was out electronically and now I see that you've got it coming out uh, as a uh, paper paperback correct? yep yeah it yeah. just came out in print um, last month uh, so how's uh, doing well um, yeah, people reacting well to it? Yeah, yeah, it's been great. Um, it's got a lot of color pictures. It's got about 40 photos, including 17 in color of different, all the different artists that I interviewed, as, as well as some archival pictures that I got from Steve Lever and uh, Delta Hayes. Um, yeah, I was invited uh, in early September. I was invited to Montana to the Crown of the Continent Guitar Festival, where I sold and signed books every night at their concerts. Um, oh, cool. And which was just amazing, and I sold a whole bunch of books. And then, uh, you know, I've, I've been um, writing for American Blue Scene, and they've been excerpting um, uh, a definition from the book roughly once a week. Mm-hmm. So they were kind enough to um, set up a, a little book tour for me down in the Delta. Uh, oh, so I, yeah, so I was down there for a week, and I was at Delta Blues Museum and Turnbow Books and uh, Cathead Gallery in Clarksdale and just had an incredible at the uh, Highway 61 Blues Festival in Leland, and just I had the most incredible time. Was that your first time ever down there? It uh, was, and it was just so great because you know having written about this for so long and having such a passion for the blues to finally get to go to the Delta was just you know really a dream come true, great experience. And I think you know every American should go down there and take the Mississippi Blues Trail. Yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, we were just. Um, Fortunately, at a funeral today for an extended family member, and as we were going from this uh, service at the funeral home to um, lunch at the, the family center uh, for the church family center, we were driving down, and I, all of a sudden I looked at my wife and said, that was a blues trail marker. And oh, I really? Back, I had to pull over and stop and, and check it out. Yeah, down in, New, uh, down in the New Albany Pontotoc area. Um, it was oh, cool. Um, yeah, so you know, it's it's so cool to have them all around and to try to try to see, you know, try to stop and check them out, and um, it's a, it's a fun thing to do. Uh, yeah, I was really impressed with the efforts that are being made to encourage blues tourism and uh, you know help to revitalize the economy because I mean it's just you know it's really still pretty rough down there in terms sure. of yeah. Yeah. You know, unemployment. And uh, what amazed me was how many Europeans I saw and I met who were wandering around checking out the Delta and were completely fascinated. And I came back thinking, you know, why don't more Americans go down there? I mean, it's right in our backyard, and it's an incredible resource. Yeah, and, and it's, it is true. Um, you know, it, 
the blues is so strong over in Europe. Uh, having that conversation earlier with Terry Evans and uh, why, you know, he's much more popular over in Europe than he is here in the United States. And, you know, he, can't yeah. answer, he just couldn't answer the question. But uh, it's, uh, you know, during the Blues Music Awards, there's so many uh, people coming over from Europe. And now in, you know, a couple, six weeks, uh, the IBCs here in Memphis, uh, you know, so many European uh, representatives coming over, people, you know, finding a way to come up with the cash to get to get here once they uh, win their local challenges all over the world. Yeah, so. and we could just drive. We could just drive down, you know. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, I don't know. For me, you know, like I said, I had these early experiences as a teenager falling in love with the blues and having, you know, incredible exposure to Chicago blues artists. And then I moved, you know, I moved to New York City, which has an incredible music scene and some great blues artists. But I always felt sort of homesick for, you know, for the blues from Chicago. And then when I was down in the Delta, um, I felt reconnected again with that, that part of my heart. You know, it was mm-hmm. really yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I, was, uh, you know, I jumped at the chance to move here when I did six years ago. So mm-hmm. um, <laughs> Preaching to the converted here. Yeah, yes, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Um, yeah. Deborah, so much luck with the book. Um, Thank you. Uh, and, and and the band, you can find uh, the book on Amazon and Deborah's site, which is www.devi-rock.com. Uh, she's also on Facebook and on Twitter. She is Deborah Dv. I keep saying your last name wrong. I'm sorry. Oh, it's okay, Davy. Davy. <laughs> Uh, Deborah Davy uh, at Deborah Davy D E B R A D E V I. We're gonna play a song from uh, your album. Uh, tell us about all that I need. Um, <laughs> all that I need is the simplest song on my album because I have a friend who said to me, "Why don't you write a simple song like the Rolling Stones, just like three chords?" So it's three chords all the way through, <laughs> and. Um, People tell me it's a really catchy song. In fact, it looks like it's it's just been picked up for a radio promotion campaign by a company uh, called Road King Entertainment, and we're really excited about that. Um, another thing I can tell you about the song is we have a very special guest playing piano on it, uh, Rob Corres, who played with Blues Traveler and the Black Crows. Oh, there we go. There we go. Yes. Um, I really just, you know, I got to download the album and uh, was listening through and I said, I'm to play that one. I, I, I like that song. Uh, cool. Deborah, have a wonderful holiday season. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year uh, thanks, to Penny. you and yours. And uh, thanks for checking us out and coming on. And uh, we'll uh, see you all next week for our damn last show of 2012. How does that happen? From uh, Deborah Devi, All That I Need. And why
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.